Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. In essence, every one of us, in a very humble way, are Jesus on the earth. I'm sending you to be me on this earth, to stay with my message, seek and save the lost. Every single person I'm talking to has been authorized by Jesus to take his place by your life in your neighborhood, your work, your world. That's why we're here. Pastor Mark uses the term Christ follower rather than Christian to describe those who have given their lives to Jesus and decided to follow him. There are many who call themselves Christians but don't realize the term Christian implies that one is following or is a disciple of Jesus. Pastor Mark will recount Jesus imparting the Holy Spirit to the 11 disciples and will explain what that meant for those men and how it applies to you today you'll discover the challenges that are a part of becoming an authentic follower of Christ and how you could succeed in this new role. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of John, chapter 14, as he continues his teaching led by the Holy Spirit. Now, before salvation, the Holy Spirit is with us. He is alongside of us, convicting us of our own sin, of our lack of being right with God. The Holy Spirit is the one who exposes and convicts sinners that they need God. The Holy Spirit is the one who speaks to an unbeliever's heart, and he says this, you need to get right with God. You need your sins to be forgiven. Now, how does that work? Remember, all of us are body, soul, and spirit. But before we were born, our spirit is dead. It doesn't relate to things of God. So let me show you what the role of the Holy Spirit is before we become a Christian. By the way, if you're a Christian today... This happened to you. You may not have understood it, but you will as I go through it. Let's just take me. I'm teaching this morning. And the word of God is truth. And it knows how to go in and speak to our hearts. So, of course, in all of our services, there was people got saved because they're sinners. They didn't realize that they could be right with God. They certainly didn't realize they could have a brand new start and have a relationship with God. So as I'm teaching, what happens is the Holy Spirit comes and sits by you. Now he's a spirit. Relax. 
Well, who's that? No, he's a spirit. And where is he speaking? To your spirit. And he's saying, you know that tall, good-looking guy on stage? And I know some of you are going like, where, where is that at? <laughs> Forget the guy. What he's saying is, you need to get right with God. That's what the Holy Spirit is speaking to your heart. You're miserable. You're guilty. You're empty. You're tired of trying to find purpose. You've never found it. And you need to listen because Jesus Christ died for you and he paid for your sins. So listen up. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. Now, the Holy Spirit in the Bible is known as a gentleman. He never drags you down to an altar. He never threatens you. He just lovingly convicts you. Because the goal, as Jesus said one day, you remember, Jesus met a very religious man named Nicodemus. And he didn't know he could have a personal relationship. It was all about rules and regulations. He thought he was fine. But he came searching. He was looking for some answers. And he came to Jesus and Jesus said this. I tell you the truth. No one can enter the kingdom of God unless he's born of the water and the spirit. That's the first time he ever really heard that. He did not give in at that point. It took Nicodemus a long while to give in. How many of you remember that in your life, there were times that the Holy Spirit spoke to you? Hey, that person you're listening to, TV, whatever, the neighbor, friend, relative, pastor, you need to get right with God. How many of you remember the Holy Spirit saying that to you, but it took you quite a while to finally give in and become a Christian? How many remember that? Yeah. So what does that say to us? I can't be what? Forceful. Because I'm not the convictor. Who's the convictor? The Holy Spirit. So I have to wait. I have to be patient. I plant a seed. Others water. We just keep praying for people to come to the Lord. Amen? It's just the way it is. So nobody's going to force anybody. Now, some people think God is angry God. You know this verse. But let me show you what the loving God is. Look at this. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him, doesn't matter who you are, shall not perish, but have eternal life. Now, here's the part many people miss. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Our world thinks God is a condemning God. No, he's a loving God. He didn't send Jesus to condemn us. He sent Jesus to free us. But they don't understand that. See, there's no way that God sent us to condemn us. Because I'm already condemned when I was born in sin. He came to free us from that. And so that's the role of the Holy Spirit. That will happen to some of you in our seats, that the Spirit's going to speak to you. Now, why Jesus? Because it's the only way to be forgiven. I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. No one can get to the Father. No one can get to heaven except through me. Now, Jesus is speaking. He says, 
you know him, he's beside you. So let's just use me as one of the disciples. The Holy Spirit was beside them, but the Holy Spirit had never gone into them yet. So that's the first rule for all of us. We're convicted. We see our need for Jesus Christ. And, and, and then at a point, we have to make a decision to accept Jesus Christ as our Savior. Now, look, go back to John 14, 17, where we were. And we'll watch the next transition. Remember, three different roles that we have with the Holy Spirit. Three prepositions. But you know him, for he lives with you, para, alongside, and will be in you. So when a sinner accepts Jesus as their personal savior, there's an immediate transition. Here's relationship number two. Write it down. Relationship number two, indwelt by the Holy Spirit. At conversion, at salvation, the moment a person confesses their sin and puts their trust in Jesus, the Holy Spirit goes from alongside them and he moves right into their life. The Holy Spirit moves into us. He takes up permanent residence. In fact, Paul says the Holy Spirit seals us as believers and we become the actual temple of the Holy Spirit. Paul would write this, and look how he writes this. 1 Corinthians 6, 19. Look at this. He starts with these words, don't you know? Now, why would he write to that church, don't you know? Because they didn't know. Some you don't know. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. Well, Pastor Mark, what do, you, what, do you, what do you mean I become like a non-entity? I don't have any will, mind, emotions? Of course you do. But when you turn your life over to Jesus, can I say it this way? You turn your life over to Jesus. He now is what? Ruling our life. Why did you turn your life over to Jesus? Because I didn't do very well on my own. Exactly. So now I'm not my own. Now, I want you to write this down and I'll explain it very quickly. Let's read it together. Every Christ follower has the Holy Spirit living inside of them. How many? Every. So the minute you become a believer, what's the promise that Jesus said? He will be what? In you. Now, there's some people that get this mixed up. I'm not going there with a long depth. Don't even argue about it. There's some people that believe, well, if you don't have a certain gift, if you don't do this, if you don't have that gift of tongues, and you don't have that gift, then you don't have the Holy Spirit living in you at all. One million percent lie. The moment a person becomes a believer, the Holy Spirit moves inside of us. For how long? Forever. So don't let anybody, well, you're not as good as me. How could I not be as good as you if I have God, the Holy Spirit, living in me? Forget it, buddy. You got it? So we don't categorize people. Well, you're a number three. I'm a number one. God hates pride. 
100%. Don't let anybody say, well, you're a believer. Well, I don't think you really have the Holy Spirit in you. That's a lie from the pit of hell because he likes to cause division in people. Amen? So you got that. You read it. You understand it. So I want you to be a happy person. I want you to turn to your neighbor and say this. God, the Holy Spirit, he lives in me and point where he lives right now. Come on, everybody. God. Good. Turn to the person that you dished this time. You didn't talk to them on the other side. Turn to them and just say that. God, the Holy Spirit lives in me. Come on. Come on. There it is. Is that worth an amen anywhere? Yeah, of course it is. Now, you say, well, Pastor Mark, I'm not a believer. You'll have a chance at the end. And he'll live where? Right inside you. How long does that take to move in? He doesn't have a moving van. He moves in instantly into our life. For how long? Forever. Exactly. Exactly. Now, when you see that happening, that's what the disciples are learning. They didn't know about this. This is all new to them. Here's what I want you to write by that statement, relationship to indwelt by the Spirit. I want you to write this right there in your Bible. Write this. He begins an inward work. When he moves inside, it's an inward work. He begins as the Bible speaks in Romans 8, 28, 29, 30. He begins to conform us to be like Christ, to think like Christ, to have the character of Christ, and to minister like Christ. So when he moves in, he does a lot of things. We've learned all those things. Comfort us, direct us, teach us. Do all of those things, help us know how to pray. But it's an inward work. It's not outward. It's conforming me. And that's why he's called the Holy Spirit. To conform me to be like Christ. Because I take the place of Christ in the world. So do you. Now, as you're in that chapter 13 to 17... There's a powerful passage in John 15 as you read your homework this week. That's about being fruitful. Fruit, more fruit, much fruit. See, a Christian was not designed to be status quo. A Christian was to grow in maturity, to be more and more like Jesus. We'll never get there, but we have this growth pattern that's taking place in our life. So it is an inward work of the Spirit conforming us to be like Jesus Christ. Now, I want you to turn to John chapter 20. Good to hear your Bible's turning, John chapter 20. And I want you to write this in your Bible. If you've never written this in your Bible, I want you to write this down. John 20, right by side, verse 21, just write these words. After Jesus' resurrection. After Jesus' resurrection. Jesus is going to speak to his disciples. And this is after he's already gone to the cross, died, paid for our sins, and was resurrected. So this is after the resurrection. Now, he meets with his disciples And watch what he does in verse 21. Again, Jesus said, speaking to the same disciples now, peace 
be with you. As the Father has sent me to the earth to teach you, to show you who God is, to die for you, I am now sending you. What Jesus says is, what I did, other than the cross, of course, is being a witness, watching people get saved. I'm going away. You are transitioning into me. In essence, every one of us, in a very humble way, are Jesus on the earth. I'm sending you to be me on this earth, to stay with my message, seek and save the lost. Every single person I'm talking to has been authorized by Jesus to take his place by your life in your neighborhood, your work, your world. That's why we're here. Now, notice what he says. Peace be with you as the Father sent me. I'm sending you. And with that, he he breathed on them. And what does he say? Receive the Holy Spirit. What is that all about? This is the first time, it'll be very clear to you. This is the first time that there was a New Testament salvation available. Because Jesus had gone to the cross and paid for their sins. The Holy Spirit could not go in them yet. Because the penalty for their sin had not been forgiven. So this is their New Testament salvation for every one of these disciples. They walked with God, Jesus, they believed in him, but it never, their sins were never paid for until Jesus went to the, hello, cross. He's done that. He's resurrected. God honored it. And so he says, receive the Holy Spirit. Now, what did that mean? Come on. The Holy Spirit would be with them and then would be what? Well, what just happened there? Where did the Holy Spirit go when he breathed on them? Right inside them. Do you got it? They became the temple of the Holy Spirit. Now, there's some people that don't believe there's another preposition, a P, being filled with the Spirit, the Spirit-filled life. And they're good Christians. That's fine. But here's what they say. Well, that, that happened in Acts. Nothing happened here. Jesus went... Receive the Holy Spirit. Man, he probably didn't breathe hard enough because nothing happened there. Can I say this to you? If Jesus says, receive the Holy Spirit, you're going to receive the Holy Spirit. So that was their salvation. And where did the Holy Spirit go? Right inside. What kind of work is he doing? An inward work. Are you getting it this morning? So that was the transition I'm sending you, and you're going to need the Holy Spirit in you to conform me into my life. So the Holy Spirit moved into the life. Now, look at Luke 24, 49, quickly. Luke 24, 49. It's right close by. Now, this is another interaction with the disciples after what we've already seen. In verse 49, Jesus says this. I'm going to send you... 
what my father has promised. But stay in the city, Jerusalem, until you've been clothed with power from on high. I have Luke 24, 49 in the New Living. Look at this. And now I will send you the Holy Spirit, just as my father promised. But stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes. Watch. This is very different. And fills you with power from heaven. That's very different than the Holy Spirit going into us. So what Jesus is saying to the disciples is, the disciples thought, hey, you breathed on us. We got the Holy Spirit in us. We've been with you for three years. We got this whole thing down. I can hear Peter going, can we start tomorrow morning? I'm ready to witness. I'm ready. I'm ready. And Jesus says to them, "Uh, no, I know you have experience. I know you have knowledge. I know you're committed. I know you have the Holy Spirit living in you, but you're not ready yet. And what he says to them is this, what I needed to minister, you need to minister. Now, remember, Jesus never did one miracle until he went to John the Baptist to be baptized in water. And when he was in water and he came up out of the water, the Holy Spirit came upon him. He was baptized in the Spirit. He was filled with the Spirit. He was led by the Spirit. And he ministered in the Spirit. And from that moment on, his life changed and there were miracles throughout Israel. And he said to his disciples, what I experienced when the Holy Spirit baptized me, you have to experience too. You have the Holy Spirit in you, but there's more. You are not ready yet. You lack the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, I want you to write the third relationship. This is the third relationship. That is a requirement, I believe, biblically. It's not about Calvary Chapel. I believe it's an absolute requirement. Relationship number three, empowered by the Spirit when the Holy Spirit comes on us, or you can use this word, overflows us. Overflows us. So, What Jesus is saying is this. When you write that down, empowered by the Spirit, he says you need to go and wait, and God will fill you with the Spirit. He'll baptize you with the Spirit. Now, I want you to write by that relationship number three. I want you to write one thing down. This is an outward work. When the Holy Spirit lives in us, it's an inward work. When he baptizes us, it's an outward work. We take the power of God and we do the ministry of Jesus. Today, Pastor Mark continued teaching about the role of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer. He shared several scriptures regarding how the dispersion of the Holy Spirit to the original disciples happened and how you need that same power working in your life today. You found out some of how that works out in your life and how to maintain that close relationship with the Holy Spirit. 
There's so much to learn from Pastor Mark's current series, so be sure to join us again. In the meantime, we'd like to offer you a CD copy of today's message for your own archives or for you to share with friends and family. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on Order a Message at the top of the page. There you'll be asked for the mailing information and be sure to include today's date. Each CD costs $5 to cover materials and shipping. Again, to order your CD copy, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time, Pastor Mark will complete this portion of his teaching led by the Holy Spirit. You'll learn the difference between having the Holy Spirit inside of you and the Holy Spirit overflowing you and why you need both. Pastor Mark will illustrate from Scripture instances of the Holy Spirit indwelling as well as overflowing the early church and what resulted from those occurrences. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.